CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Happy Friday, Options Action fans. I'm Melissa Lee, and we are back at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. we got a big show coming your way, so let's get straight to it. The biggest story in the market this week, the blockbuster performance from AMC. It was a Hollywood comeback like we've never seen before. Shares of the movie theater chain gaining more than 80% this week. But the real showstopper was in the options pitch. The real ramp-up began last week, but consider this. On Wednesday, AMC alone made up 15% of all options activity in the United States. A lot of people made a lot of money trading in and out of AMC options. But for others, this week had anything but a fairy tale ending. So let's break it all down. Mike, we talked about this on Fast. What happened here? Yeah, so this is really uh, an extraordinary situation that we've seen, both in the stock. I mean, obviously, the volumes that we saw there were extraordinary. The price action we saw was extraordinary. So, too, was it in the options market. So if you take a look at, at just the last five days of trading volume, 18 million contracts or so traded at AMC. Let's compare that to five days of trading volume in the entire U.S. options market. That's round about 200 million contracts. So AMC alone represented close to 9% of all options traded on stocks, ETFs, and indices. I mean, this is really remarkable. Now, It's often been said that in the short term, the markets are a voting machine, and in the long term, they're a weighing machine. And really what that means is that in the short term, it's a popularity contest. And I think the volume and the price action really speak to how popular AMC was, essentially, as a trading vehicle. Of course, when that happens, we also want to take a look at what happens to the price of options. And actually, if you created a chart of the volume of AMC options, the price of AMC stock, and the level of implied volatility one month out in AMC options, those charts would mirror each other almost exactly. Usually when the prices of equities rise, you'll see implied volatility fall. That's not what happened in AMC. The price went up, and it went up a lot. So how far did it get? At one point this week, the July 65 straddle was $69. Okay, Mm. so that's owning the July 65 call and the July 65 put. To buy them both at around 1 o'clock or so on Wednesday would have cost $69. And here's the thing. Most of the activity we're seeing in the options market are people buying options to make short-term bets. Now, if you bought that straddle, the only way it would be profitable is if AMC finished above 134 at July expiration. At any price less than that, that trades a loser. And in fact, it's already fallen quite considerably. And that is true both for options that expired in July and in June, and even some of the ones that expired today. So a lot of people were using these things just for intraday trading. And I think that's okay. I'm not going to finger wag at people who are going to trade securities. But, you know, one of the things you really have to watch out for is that when the premiums get this high, 
very, very hard to make money when the implied volatility starts to come in. Yeah, the risk is certainly uh, ratcheted up. Uh, Tony, you know, in terms of short term, long term, you know, it's interesting. Mike highlighted this trade that had July strikes. Um, he also talked about a lot of weekly options um, when he was on Bass earlier this week. It's interesting because the notion of the Reddit trader is that they've got diamond hands, right? And yet <laughs> the options activity doesn't show that they necessarily have diamond hands. They're not long term traders. I mean, if July was the most active contract, that's a month at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And most of the action we're seeing is not going out that far. Most of it is going out just a couple of days because what AMC has really done is they've turned options into day trading vehicles and placing these very leveraged bets intraday. And typically stocks that move this much you know, are typically micro cap stocks. They don't have options listed on them. Certainly they don't have weekly options listed on them. So that's not a vehicle that you can trade them. But uh, AMC and GameStop have really changed that. And when you look at the charts, it, you know, it's uh, especially when you in options trading, we typically look at daily, sometimes weekly charts. If you look at that on AMC, uh, it's difficult to ascertain as to which way the momentum is moving. But if you actually zoom in here into five-minute charts, you really have to zoom into pretty small frequencies in order to see that the markets are actually fairly orderly intraday. And what we're seeing is that traders are using these uh, re relatively short-dated out-of-the-money calls, out-of-the-money puts to trade uh, short-term directional bets intraday, something we've never seen before utilizing options. If you zoom into that five-minute chart, you see clear support around 42, you see clear resistance around 68, and a fairly orderly trade around there with a point of control around $50 and just traders trading a range between the lows and the highs using options as the vehicle that they're doing this. But the one thing I want to say is that for investors trading these short-dated options, Delta and Gamma typically are the two Greeks that you're mostly interested in in, in terms of uh, uh, affecting the value of the options that you're trading. But in this particular case, as Mike was saying, Vega, implied volatility is going to be a huge factor into whether you're going to be profitable or lose money on this particular trade. So keep an eye out on Vega and the changes we've seen in implied volatility, even if you're trading intraday. Carter, for investors who invest in a tra more traditional way, um, they get hung up on fundamentals. As a chartist, uh, yeah. what do, I mean, you're looking at lines. So what, what does a chart yeah. tell you? There, there are no fundamentals. That, it has to be very right. clear. I mean, look, today an analyst said that uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is no longer trading with its fundamentals and so suspended his rating. Stocks do not trade with their fundamentals. Long term, there is a relationship between the cash flow generated the subsequent earnings and the share price. But this hour, this month, next week, two, three months, uh, Costco dropped 20% and recovered 20% all in a couple of uh, weeks. There's nothing to do with fundamentals at all. Um, just before we look at some charts, remember this, Eastman Kodak in July a year ago went from two to 60 in two days. What's different than AMC? How about Tilray? Back in, in August, September of 2018, Tilray was 17 and it went to 300. Hertz, look at Hertz right now, 40 cents to seven bucks. This has been going on since time immemorial. Now, this is a particularly large cap stock at this point, but this phenomenon is part of markets. You can look at OTC markets. Let's look at uh, three charts here, uh, since we uh, AMC is the subject. The first chart is an arithmetic chart over the past year. You can almost not see the prior prices because of the current move. Now, go to the log chart, next chart. This is where uh, there is a process. In fact, 
we know that this whole thing got going, right? It was a dollar ninety-five, and we surged to essentially twenty. We pull back, consolidate. It's a wedge, and then we pop again from ten to seventy. Now look at the final chart. The symmetry here is remarkable, meaning the January surge is about an eight to nine fold move. We consolidate, and then this current surge is basically from 10 to 70. So you go from two to 20, consolidate, pull back. And it's not to say that it's easy or that I can figure it out better than anyone else, but there is no pretending. There are no fundamentals at all. It is simply charts, and there are a lot of people that look at them. Mike, what would you say to people out there who want to do what Tony was talking about, and that is use options as a day trading vehicle? Do you have tips for them? Don't, don't, and don't tell me don't do it, because I understand that there is, there is a, a risk element to this. But if they're going to go ahead and do it anyway, what would you, what would you advise them? Uh, well, I mean, there's really two things I would advise. And, and one of them is that, I mean, obviously, if you're you know, using an amount of capital that you're comfortable losing, because, of course, if you buy options, uh, the maximum risk you're going to face is the amount of premium that you spend. So if you're comfortable with that, I mean, people are comfortable buying lottery tickets. Uh, People are comfortable going to the horse track and betting on the ponies. There's a lot of things that people can wager and speculate on, and that's fine. And that's fine here, too. Just make sure that you size your trades appropriately. And some of the reasons I think people are using options is precisely because they don't want to wager on $100 worth of stock. I mean, 100 shares worth of stock, which at 65 bucks is $6,500. So using options can allocate a somewhat smaller amount of premium. The thing is... And a lot of people are doing this, by the way. I mean, again, I'm not wagging my finger at anybody because one of the things we did notice in all of the activity that we've been seeing over the course of the last seven trading days or so in AMC is that a lot of this activity, people are buying and selling these options within the same day. They're not even carrying these things overnight. Take a look at the most active options that were going on today. Many of those expired today. So obviously they were not looking past the weekend when they were placing those trades. Uh, even the longer-dated ones expire only a week from today. But the thing is that when the premiums are very high, you can get this very rapid vol crush when the stock rolls over in these high-flying stocks. And so you really have to be very, very nimble if you're going to try to do something like that. And if you're, you're playing for something a little bit longer term, maybe selling options against uh, some of the things you buy makes a lot of sense. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for a newsletter. Here's what's coming up next. Forget diamond hands, it's Hi-Yo Silver away! The chart master sees a shiny opportunity in this chart. Carter Worth opens up his Silver Linings playbook. Plus, Tony Zhang says this auto stock is about to hit the gas. He'll break down the trade. Calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Silver shining today, but the precious metal is still underperforming the broader market this year. But the chartmaster is seeing a silver lining in the chart. So, Carter, what are you looking at? 
Sure. Um, lots going on, of course, in commodities, and uh, recently gold uh, has come to life in a big way. Today's payroll numbers uh, made gold move aggressively, and silver too. But silver, in many ways, uh, is poised and is a lot of beta if one wants to play precious metals. So, uh, a couple of charts. The first is the SLV, the ETF that you can use, and no judgments, no drawings, no lines. It's the chart, your chart. Now, take a look at the next one. This is what my eye sees. We've worked into uh, the apex, if you will, of a standoff. And what I would point out is that circle. That's the day that silver went above $30 an ounce for the first time in nine years. And it had to do with Reddit uh, and online traders uh, taking a run at it. In any event, the question is, do we ultimately break out of this range? So the third chart is a weekly chart going back a bit further. And what we continue to do is bump up against this 27 plus minus level in SLV, which equates to uh, essentially 30 in silver itself. And I think uh, we are going to break out. And just to put the current circumstance, the current setup in perspective, take a look at the final um, chart here. This is how high, of course, silver has been. Silver hit a peak uh, back in 2011 when gold did. And what we, of course, know, it, it was one of the most epic double tops ever formed. It is the exact same level when the Hunt Brothers cornered silver in the first quarter of 1980. And we got right there in 2011 and stopped and put in the double top. So a lot of headroom, if you will, uh, upside. We like it a lot. All right. Very bullish. Mike, what's the trade here? Yeah. So if you take a look at uh, SLV, which is the ETF that tracks silver, uh, which I think is probably the vehicle that a lot of people who typically trade equities and not commodities would use to make a bet on the metal. One of the things we're going to observe is that if we go out, you know, in the 60 to 90 day time frame, we see implied volatility above 30. Uh, that's not blow off top kinds of levels, but it is significantly above the types of realized volatility that SLV has been exhibiting, which has been closer to about 20. So if we look at it at the relationship between the price of two to three month options and how much this thing has been moving around, the options look relatively expensive. So in cases like this, we often try to find ways to uh, use spreads essentially to reduce the cost. So that's one of the things I'm interested in doing. The other thing I've noticed is that over the last couple of months, it seems right around that 23 level, that's sort of where we've bottomed out. It actually dipped a little bit below that. But essentially, that's one of those prices where perhaps if we'd wished we'd purchased this earlier, we would have gotten it down around those levels. So I was looking out to August, the 23 and a half, 26, 28 call spread risk reversal. What are we doing here? We're buying the August 26 calls, selling the August 28 calls, and then also selling the August 23 and a half puts. When I was looking at this earlier today, it was very, very close to even money. I think it was about three cents to put that trade on, $1.46 to buy those 26 straight calls, and you'd collect about $1.43 net between selling the 28 calls and the 23 and a half puts. So with the SLV trading very close to 26, which is where approximately where it closed, essentially you're going to get immediate upside participation up to about that 28 level, looking perhaps for something in the neighborhood of uh, an 8-ish percent increase over the course of the next couple of months. Of course, if it does drop, you could have it put to you, meaning you could be compelled to purchase SLV, but you're going to be buying it at that 23.5 level, which is down uh, closer to the bottom of that range that we've been seeing. And of course, one other final point, which is that if it just continues to track sideways, between now and expiration, it's 
probably uh, going to see that upside call and downside put decay a little bit more rapidly maybe than the at-the-money call does. So we might have an opportunity if we don't get the breakout that we're looking for to make some adjustments without actually costing a lot of decay. Tony, what do you make of the trade? Uh, I like the trade quite a bit because if you look at the long-term chart here for silver, I think it's very encouraging to the upside, especially if you look at what, you know, as Carter showed you that last chart, that multi-year, uh, multi-decade, what looks like a cup and handle formation that we're starting to see. You recently, the silver broke out above that $21 level. It's held that level. It's testing the $28 high. That's the handle part of the cup and handle formation. And if you look at long term, if it breaks out above that 28 level, uh, uh, breaks, breaks higher on that handle, you're looking at at least 35 here to the upside. The trickiest part, I think, about looking at these long-term charts and the, and the potential breakout here is the timing of it, because you could potentially get the directional view right, but maybe the timing not uh, not so much. So that's really why I like Mike's trade, because trading this risk reversal call spread, he doesn't have to necessarily time the markets on the breakout. Um, the time decay is not a big factor here to the short run. And if you do get a breakout here to the upside, he participates. If it breaks out above 28, uh, he can roll this even further and, and capture further upside by buying a call um, and trading a spread uh, uh, after, after taking profits on this particular trade. All right, let's move on to our next trade here. Start your engines, because Tony says there's one auto trade that is gearing up for a big comeback. So, Tony, which stock are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at advanced auto parts. It's been on my radar for quite some time, but the recent pullback here from about 10% uh, 10 or so recently, I think is an opportunity, especially as U.S. vehicles average age starts to increase, uh, starts to reach its record of about 12 years or so. I think auto repair and maintenance stocks are going to be a, a, a beneficiary of that. So if we take a long-term chart here of, of advanced auto parts, what you see is that this is a stock that really has made no uh, no outperformance here over the past year, past five years or so, and has actually underperformed the market significantly over that amount of time. But recently, two months ago, it started to break out not only on an absolute, but also relative basis. So this is telling me that there's a potential upside here for a name like this. And if you zoom into the short-term charts here, you have the recent breakout from that 187.5 level. It's come back to retest this level of support earlier this week, and so far it's holding after earnings uh, that were announced just uh, earlier this week. And the earnings were particularly strong. I think you're going to see about 30% EPS growth this particular year. We're seeing operating margins continuing to improve, and I think that trading at 17 times next year's earnings, the stock is trading at a fairly reasonable evaluation for that. So I think it's reasonable for this stock to, to retarget that 210 all-time high and potentially even higher over the next few months. The trickiest part about this trade is the fact that options are only listed in July and the next option series is only out to September. So the trade structure I'm choosing to use here is a more conservative approach on a potential bounce off of this pullback here. And I'm using a put credit spread. I'm going out to July and I'm selling the 190, 180 put spread here, collecting about $6.70 for the 190 puts, paying about $3 for the 180 puts, Net-net here, I'm collecting $3.70 on a $10 wide credit spread. So collecting about 37% of the width, a little higher than I'm typically able to collect on a, on a vertical spread like this, uh, playing for a, a bounce here higher towards that $210 level. Carter, what'd you think of AAP's chart? 
Well, what's interesting about this company in the aftermarket space for parts, there are three that really drive everything. It's AutoZone, O'Reilly, and AAP. And AAP is the chronic uh, sort of left-behind stock. In fact, if you look at any sort of long-term chart, 10 years if you want, or longer, uh, even longer, uh, AAP is, is performing at half the rate of AutoZone, and even less than an O'Reilly. And basically, over the last year, that relationship has changed, and AAP has been leading, and, and I think the setup is excellent. All right. Up next, a trade update on a real estate play. That is next. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at one of our open trades. Just last week, Mike and Carter snapped up some real estate on the cheap. You see the COVID plunge, and then it's marched steadily higher, and it approached its former high a month or so ago, backed away, and now it's reapproaching it. That's a very good setup. This is an interesting case for something called a risk reversal. And we can look out to July and sell the 96 puts. You can collect about a dollar for those as of the, today's closing prices and buy the 102 strike calls also for a dollar. Net, net, you're laying out no premium. So Mike, the trade is in the green right now. What do you do next? Yeah, you can take your profits and run on this one or you can sell the existing trade and roll up to the 103s and play with house money. Yeah, Carter, quick comment. Well, big week for REITs, uh, a five-fold increase over the S&P. Uh, we like it. Stay. All right. Up next, final call. Welcome back to Options Action. We've got time for a tweet. One viewer asks, what are your thoughts on CLF? I own a July 2025 call spread. Thanks. Uh, Mike, you want to take this one? Yeah, so Cleveland Cliffs is a very volatile stock, and I think that's one of the reasons you might want to use options. But a quick point I would make, they're going to be reporting earnings at the end of July. Your options expire prior to that. So if you want to be able to capture that event, selling that upside July call makes sense, but buying a longer dated one into a diagonal might be the way to capture earnings as well. All right. It is time now for the final call, the last word from the options pits. Carter Braxtonworth, kick it off. Silver is knocking on the door of $30 an ounce. You can use SLV, the iShare Silver's Trust, to get long. Tony Zhang. Play for a bounce in advanced auto parts. Sell a put credit spread. Mike Coe. Try to take advantage of elevated options premia in SLV and use a call spread risk reversal to play Carter's bullish bet. That does it for us in Options Action. On the Edge is up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.